Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. Jeremiah Live Bible Study Review, Chapter 9. Okay. Now, this first verse is letting you know a Jeremiah has now. He sees things for the way they are in the world that he knows, his people. And I can tell you that I've experienced this, that it's, it's a, what do they call it, a paradigm shift, where you're thinking one way, and then all of a sudden, somehow, and with Jeremiah, it's God, of course, somehow things change in your, in your seeing. You, you see things differently than you were thinking you saw, which is an amazing thing. For me, um, my paradigm shift that I can understand here is a personal one where I, for many, many years, thought that some people I knew were one way, and I just, I just saw them that way. And then when God was ready for me to take my journey with him about when I was 30 years old, that guess what happened? He opened my eyes to the reality of those people. I mean, and and it was sad. <laughs> That's all I can describe it as is sad. It was like, what? Really? Huh? Wow. And all this time I was thinking, all these years I was thinking this way. Well, that's what Jeremiah is going through. Right here, verse 9. I mean, uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Let's read Jeremiah's words. Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Yes. In Jeremiah chapter 9, we see that Jeremiah sees things for what they really are concerning his people. It upsets him.
Now, Jeremiah knows they cannot be trusted. We find these things out in chapter 9. It's an eye-opening experience. And we experience this a lot in Christianity with people that we thought were, you know, really interested in, in what God wanted us to do and really interested in doing the works of God. And, and, but you can't, they can't tr- you can't trust them. They say one thing, but their actions are completely different. So Jeremiah knows they cannot be trusted. And Jeremiah is so upset at his people that he wants to run away if he had a place to go. Listen. Verse 2. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men that I might leave my people and go from them for they be all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. Understand? So he's upset. He's very upset. He now has the eyes open, and he now knows what God is talking about, why God wants to punish them. And, you know, a lot of times we look through things with rose-colored glasses, which is okay with God. God doesn't really want us to see things necessarily the way they are. What God wants us to do is trust him. He sees them. Nobody can fool him. But you see, his servants, he asks them to do things, say things, let people know things. And, hey, if God says to do it, then do it. Okay, it's pretty simple. So God says, Jeremiah, I know that where you live is around evil people that do not want to hear what I have to say. God says he will be testing them and put them through the ringer. Oh, he's going to do that because they refuse to listen to him. This is all in chapter 9. Christians, God doesn't change. So if you refuse to listen to him, which is, how do we listen to God as a believer? As a believer, you listen to God by Yahshua, by Jesus, by what he did when he walked on earth. He is our example. So what he did is what God wants us to do. And if you're not following Jesus and you're coming up with your own stuff, then yes, God will put you through the ringer also. God says they say one thing, but think another. (laughs) Don't I know that about Christians? God says these people who are my people that know my commands, won't I punish them? That's what it's saying in chapter 9. Of course he's going to punish them. They know what his commands are. They know what they're supposed to do. God continues and he says he's going to wipe their nation out. They're not going to have a nation anymore. You see, he gave them a gift. They were just a small little family, 12 sons of Jacob. 
and God made a nation out of them. They didn't have a nation. They were just a little old people. Little old family, little old group of people. And he made a nation out of them and blessed them and took care of them and provided for them and did all these things for them. And But they wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't follow his commands. And the reason why he was mad at that, if they were doing good stuff, that wouldn't be a problem. But they were doing bad stuff. They were even worse than the people of the world that lived around them. <laughs> The people of the world, and you'll see, you see in Jeremiah at different places, God says that the people of the world have learned to do evil from his people. They wouldn't have thought of doing those things. Amazing, isn't it? Well, Christian, guess what? Oh, yes. If you want to do things your way, God's going to wipe you out. Yes, he's going to wipe you out. How is that going to happen? How are you going to be wiped out of his nation, which, of course, is the body of Christ? Well, hold your place in Jeremiah and go to Revelation. By the way, we use the King James Version Bible. So we see here in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus returns to earth and... He's setting, I mean, he's, he's talking to John here, and he's telling him what's going to happen when he returns to earth. And in verse 5, Jesus tells John to warn his church, that means anybody that's a believer, not one particular church, anybody that's a believer, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. That's right, a wedding garment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So you understand, how can you be wiped out? Well, when Jesus arrives on earth and you have been worshiping Satan because you're not listening to what Jesus told us to do, and you're listening to what some pastor or preacher or teacher or whatever has told you to do, then when Jesus arrives on earth, he's going to blot your name out of the book of life. That's right. You'll be wiped out. God says that they had the truth but followed their own thoughts or other people's thoughts. See, that's what's going on here in chapter 9. That's what God is saying. It's the same thing, Christian, for you. God says their punishment will be to be destroyed. Absolutely. Israel was going to be destroyed completely as a nation. Judah, which is one little kingdom within Israel, was going to be destroyed as a nation for a certain amount of time. And, of course, we know the story. Babylon comes, takes them away. They no longer have anything and they were destroyed. And their punishment will be their nation is taken away from them. Christians, God does not change. So understand, chapter 9 is referring to your soul and not your flesh, because you are not following Yahshua. 
Now, in verses 17 through 22, it says, let's read it. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider ye and call for the mourning women that they may come, and send for cunning women that they may come. And let them make haste and take up a wailing for us that our eyes may run down with tears and our eyelids gush out with waters. You see, Jeremiah wanted to, he was crying. And he want, and God wants Israel to cry, to, to know what Jeremiah understands now. For a voice of wailing is heard out of Zion. How are ye spoiled? We are greatly confounded because we have forsaken the land, because our dwellings have cast us out. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O ye women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth, and teach your daughters wailing, and every one her neighbor lamentations. There's no hope. That's what's going on here. If you continue on the path you're on, forget it. Yeah, there's no hope. For death has come up into our windows and has entered into our palaces to cut off the children from without and the young men from the streets. Speak thus, saith the Lord, even the carcasses of men shall fall as dung upon the open field and as a handful after the harvestmen and none shall gather them. This is God explaining their nation's death. You understand that is, it's going to die. Now, the carcasses dying in the wilderness, when you're, if you've studied Revelation, you've heard those words also. There'll be a lot of dead carcasses, and the animals will come and eat them up. That's right. That's spiritual death. In the last part of chapter 9, God gives a warning, a way out even then. Yes, see, if you continue on the path, you better get ready for it. But guess what? There is a warning. Even then, yes, God is merciful. And his, and he, what does he say? In verse 24, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. If you have loving kindness, judgment, and are righteous, God will take delight in you. You won't be taken out. Christians, this applies to you. I want you to hold your place. Go to Second Peter. I want you to see something here, Christians. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, 
that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You can take on the divine nature which God wants and Jesus showed us. Yes, Christian. See, God delights. He wanted Israel to do flesh goodness, flesh things, and he'd be grateful for that. It would, be, it would make him happy. Christians, God wants us to take on the divine nature. Jesus showed us about that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Did you know you could take on the divine nature? There's the question. So 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want us to go to verse 11 through 13. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, a covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, which such and one know not to eat. For what have I to do with the, to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourself that wicked person. So you understand, um, Paul is letting us know, keep away from sinning brethren. Do not accept them. See, that's what God was saying back there in Jeremiah. He was saying, listen, I want you to do what I want you to do, which is what is right including judgment, which has to do with punishing people for what they're doing wrong. It's the problem with Israel was that they, the, they didn't like the punishments of God, and so they let people slide. And when you let people slide, what happens? Trouble. God says what he does for a reason. Let's go to Matthew 6. And Jesus will tell us, as believers, what the deal is for us, if we want to listen. So, Matthew chapter 6. And let's go to verse 33. Jesus is letting us know how God, why God, when God will take care of you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then God will take delight in you. Now, what was Jesus talking about so that you could go and have, an, uh, you know, nice trips and uh, nice relationships and uh, nice jobs and all the money? And, yeah, was, was God, Jesus saying that to you that, like, hey, seek God's righteousness and seek the kingdom and God will lay it on you like these prosperity nuts talk about on the TV? No, Jesus wasn't talking about that. He was talking about water Verse 31, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be 
clothes. He was talking about your basic human needs. If you seek the kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of God, if you do things God's way, you're not going to get any flesh rewards. You're going to be taken care of by God. You'll have food and you'll have clothes, which is what you need to sustain yourself. We're just passing through this world. Go back to Jeremiah now. And so, in Jeremiah, the last part of Jeremiah, one day God will punish the people of the world who are not following Jesus and not found written in the book of life. That was the end of Jeremiah chapter 9. Yes. And God promises that. He promises that to believers also. And don't you think and don't you let those people that you listen to, the group you belong to, the church, whatever you belong to, don't you dare let them tell you it's all right, everything's okay, all you have to do is believe. My question to you is, are you a delight to God in what you do and in your works for the kingdom? Are you listening and following Jesus or your flesh? And that completes Jeremiah Live Bible Study, Chapter 9, Review.